Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord another clap. Let's share a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful moment for which you are raising leaders to yourself and to your people. For which you use your man's servant to make this vision alive. That all of us will live to partake in it and fulfill our destiny. I pray that every heart and mind here will receive this word as coming from you. And every ministry and calling shall be transformed. Looking unto you, Jesus, as the author and the finisher of our faith. Let leadership be strengthened and straightened that our churches and our callings will be fulfilled and our ministries shall be made foolproof in Jesus' name to your glory. Amen. Let's give the Lord another mighty clap. And please let us be seated. First, I want to thank the presiding bishop, the most reverend Dr. Richard Enhagwede for the privilege granted me this morning to speak on the foolproof um, conference, the first in 2021. He's a man I have great honor and respect for and have known him for close to about 36 years now. Hallelujah. And uh, a man that has pioneered and led the charismatic movement in Tema as a fireblazer. It was a joy many years ago knowing him and coming closer as the years have come on. And uh, I don't relate with him only as a, a senior minister of God or as a part of the trapper type, of, but for me personally, I relate with him as a father because he ordained me. Hallelujah. He didn't clap for that. His ordination of me is not a coincidence. It was a direct instruction from the Lord to me to ask him to um, ordain me. And I'm so glad that I allowed him to do. And coming closer to him, has been a very, very great blessing um, to me. And so, Bishop, I want you to know that I really honor you and see this as a great privilege. Hallelujah. Your clapping is very economical. Hallelujah. Respectfully, I also want to honor my friends and brothers in the ministry, the bishops and apostles, Another senior minister, I also know that senior minister also recently celebrated your 30th, 40th anniversary uh, following our presiding bishop and I want to honor you especially on this occasion. God bless you for coming. And all that are here today, um, myself and Bishop Morgan have been friends for a very long time. Thank you. Amen. I've been called to speak on the subject, um, the strength of leadership. And it's a very, very emotional 
and it's a very striking subject, especially when it comes to the church. Because the church believes that anybody can do anything apart from where we work. And I believe that if there's any time the church must concentrate on leadership, it is now. Especially when we have democracy and freedom of speech. And today, when you speak in the church, everybody has an opinion. But even democracy, they only take your votes. After that, they contact only those who matter. So you realize that after you vote, Akufuado has never called you. And he will never call you. He has a cabinet. And with the cabinet, he takes his decision. When things are very striking, he just calls his vice and they take decisions. So democracy is a subtle way of making you feel that you are part of decision-making, but you are not. It's only your vote they want. After that, they will come to you another four years, and they will tell you and I that we are together. It's a system the world has worked on, but the church is bringing it into you see, we are bringing it into the church. So we are all confused. So today, a head pastor of a church tells somebody to do something. He says, we can all pray. We can all see. We can all hear. So we are in the church. But I can tell you today in the church, you can have a church member or a, a pastor who has five other pastors he's listening to at the same time. And that is why we are one of the most confused churches even though we have so much knowledge. And I pray that this morning something will enter into you and you will know who your true leader is. Because in life, no matter how great you are, God will send somebody ahead of you. And that makes you very humble. There's one thing you must realize. No matter what I become in life, I was ordained by the bishop. That is how it has been arranged. No matter what it is, you will always have a leader to lead you. Now, your refusal to accept that there is somebody to lead you will either delay your destiny or may make you fail in life. So, there is something you must find in life. When you are born in a biological home, your parents become your leader. But there are transformational leaders and transitional leaders. So a time will come that your own child you have given birth to will be contacting somebody for advice. That's not everything he will tell you because there are levels of leadership. But of all the leadership that has been put for mankind, the most stable, the most definite, the most tested, and the most eternal is the leadership of the church. Because the church is not just an organization, it's an organism. Every organization has a managing director who dies and dies forever. And another takes place. The church is the only institution whose owner is still alive. And he takes over his church. So it's a living church. So even if the founder bodily leaves, we are all under shepherds. And he's the chief shepherd. So we take instructions from Jesus. 
And so today I'm talking about the strength of leadership. But before I can talk about the strength of leadership, we must understand what leadership itself is. And I will link it to leadership in the church. When we talk about leadership, in actual fact, we're talking about giving direction or taking in charge. That is leadership. Somebody must direct. Somebody must take in charge of something. Or somebody must have authority to do something. This is what leadership is about. Taking charge, giving direction, and also having the authority to do what you have to do. So simply, I define leadership to be a person or a leader as a person who has vision and the commitment to achieve that vision and the skill to make it happen. And let me repeat it. A leader is a person who has a vision. The commitment to achieve that vision and the skill to make it happen. So if you look at this definition, a leader being a person who has a vision, the commitment to achieve that vision and the skill to make it happen. There are four words you see in this. Number one is vision. Every leader has vision. And number two, he must have commitment. Number three, he must have the skill to lead. If you are a leader and you are not committed to your leadership, something is wrong. Then you also need a skill and we'll come to that when we get to the strength of leadership. And then also to make it happen. A leader makes things happen. And therefore, as we say, the back stops with leadership. For example, we are in Adonai because of leadership. And any time I come for a program here, I look at the walls and I see the vision is clearly written. And the pillars are clearly written. And I've been speaking to Bishop for a very long time. And any time you are speaking to him, I hear some words all the time. Standard, potential, destiny. And I see him every time he's praying for somebody, he's talking about destiny. Destiny. And therefore, if you are under his covering, one of the things you should begin to realize is that this man has been brought into my life to fulfill my destiny. Your failure to get that may cost you a lot. That's, that's all that leadership is about. Today I'm not talking about mentorship. But I had a program in my church. And I asked the question, who is your mentor? I was amazed. They were calling people from the U.S. They were calling people from other television evangelist and I told them that their heads were not working correctly and I asked them 
Do you have a telephone number of all these people? They said no. I said, they are not your mentors. They are your inspirators. They inspire you. I am your mentor. I am here. I speak to you. I am there for you. I make you. I'm there with you all right. So the word mentorship is, but that's not what I'm talking about today. But you see, I have to deal with that because the leader God gives you is to mentor you. If you fail to realize that that leader is your mentor, you'll be looking at somebody else. You will never become that thing. And there are many people who say they have faith, but they have wishes. So your mentor is somebody you can even call on phone and speak to. Somebody who can drive to you and speak into your life. You can read books. All those people are inspiring you. And I'm inspired by a lot of them. But the Bible says that a neighbor closer by is better than a relative far off. A neighbor that is close to you is better than your relative who is far off. And so the people that God brings into our life to mold us are usually close to us. So vision, and then also divine commitment. In the church, we say, you must be a person with vision and divine commitment. Devoted. A leader must be devoted. And he must have the skill, all that it takes, and to make things happen. I'm very, very concerned about this aspect because once we get it right, all the other ones will be very, very easy um, to handle. Leadership is also a state of position to lead others. So a leadership can be a position. And that's the most subtle of all leadership statements. A position, if only a position makes you a leader, you are in big trouble. You are in big trouble. It is the most subtle of all the definitions. So if you are made, I have seen people who were serving until I made them deacons. And now they didn't even feel like holding a chair anymore. I've seen people who are deacons. Immediately they are made pastors. They feel that certain things in the church, they don't do them anymore. That's why I'm saying that the most subtle of all leadership is position. If position enters into your hand against responsibility and your duty, you are gone forever. Number three, leadership is also a point or position of influence to others to achieve their goal. It's a means of influence on others to achieve their goals. Let me say this in the church. Even in class one, they choose class prefect. And when you go to class one and you ask them who wants to be class prefect, they will all be pointing up to a certain boy. As young as they are, as six years, they are able to see that among all of us, this person can be the class prefect. Now, there's a difference between managing something and leading. 
Today, there are many deacons and pastors who are managing what has been given them. But when you ask them a question, they say, oh, because I have not been told. For example, when I get to church and I see that something is not going well, I hit the first man I meet. I don't wait for, I don't call any pastor. The first person I meet at the gate is the person I ask, why is this chair here? He so, it, I, I have not been told. And I asked the person, where the chair is, is it correct? He said, no. And usually I tell them, use your head, lift the chair, and put it there. Not only church members, but pastors, deacons, church workers, church leaders. See something going on in the church, and you'll be amazed. Maybe a senior pastor is preaching, you can see something going on, and nobody moves. Until the pastor himself shouts from the pulpit. When he does that, it means that leadership in the church has failed. Now, leadership does not just come. It requires a process. A story is told about some tourists who went to visit a certain town. And they saw an old man, and they asked him a question. I think they had gone through the town for a while. They didn't see any tabloid or any plaque showing the, um, the people in the town what they have done. So they asked the man, are there not great people born here? And the old man was very, very fast and wiser. He said, no, great men are not born here. Babies are born. Here is babies who are born. We don't born them great. We born them as what? Babies. And therefore, leadership is a process. There are many theories who say that people are born leaders. Yes, even if you are born a leader and you don't go through a process, you may be found wanting. And let me quote this. From Aristotle, say he who has never learned to obey cannot be a good commander. He who has not learned to obey cannot be a good commander. In other words, he who has not learned to follow a leader can never be a good leader. Number two, people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. Leadership is everything. That's by John Maxwell. He says, people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. So, I have heard people say, oh, I want to do this. I want to build 1,000 seated church. Fine. You will say it, but they won't believe you. Because you are saying your vision, but they are looking at you. So it is the person who is saying it is of more importance to what, than what you are saying. So leadership, I tell people all the time that leadership decides everything. And I say that as pastors and church workers and home cell leaders and everything, I tell everybody that the church is the pastor. And the pastor is the church. The home cell leader is the leader. Why? 
Because when a church is not working, I just switch two pastors. I switch them like that, and the church changes. So the problem is not the people. It is the person. When you see something going on somewhere, it is the person who is following the vision. So for example, if there's a branch pastor somewhere who is doing his own thing, and I see it all the time, you see that he has a lot of problems. Because spiritually, he's non-aligned. He's off. And I've seen it even in the ministry I operate. The pastors who are doing very, very well are those who are following closely. I have a pastor. He buys 50 CDs at a time. He doesn't buy one. When he goes, he says, I want, I want 50. He buys his thing. And his church is just growing and growing. And people respect him. And when he speaks to other pastors, everybody obey him. And I said, you know something? This thing we are doing, either is fake or is real. If, if you, you follow and spend time with the leader that God has given you, you realize automatically that there's something on him that has come upon him. In fact, at times, in fact, that pastor, he got to a point that for one month continuously, he'll be preaching a subject in his church for which I am preaching in my church, but we have not communicated. So he has reached a level where what is on me has fully come upon him. And that is what leadership is about. But today, people feel that they can read any book at all. Books are good. I read so much. But when you read a book, it's a person who wrote the book. But you need someone to also practice what you have read before. That book can be a reality. And let me tell you something about Jesus. Even when Jesus was born, it was John the Baptist Ministry International. Today you have to add international. If the church has other places, why? John the Baptist Ministry International was what was working. Jesus showed leadership. And John said, why? He said, to fulfill all righteousness. Leadership. Leadership. Now, people feel that, and there are people, I see it always in the church, who are rebellious towards leadership. I did a survey in my church, and I found that almost all those who rebelled didn't have a father. Either their father didn't accept them when they were born, or their father left home. They, I, I, I got shocked. They rebel every instruction you give them. And when you see it, you go to the root and realize that he has never been led. And I tell everybody, the church is the last resort. You didn't clap for that. The church is the last resort God gives to humans. What your father and mother couldn't do, family couldn't do, God says, I will take over. So he gives you pastors after his own heart to lead you. But you see rebellion because people fight leadership. Leadership is God's idea. For example, if you have the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you will see 
the Holy Spirit testifying about Jesus and Jesus testifying about the Father. Leadership. If God wants to populate the human race, he calls Adam. If God is angry and wants to destroy the human race, he finds Noah. It appears to me, look through all scripture, God does not do anything without leadership. When I heard somebody say, we are all leaders. Yes, we are all leaders. We are all called. Yes, we are all called. But there are levels of leadership. God wants to find a father of all nations. He finds Abraham. God wants to deliver his people from captivity. He finds Moses. The people of Israel are so much being affected by their enemies. God finds Samson. God finds Deborah. God finds Mordecai. God finds Esther. At every point in time, God finds a leader. Let's talk about David. To overcome the greatest enemy of God, Goliath, and to build a nation that will be a kingdom forever, he finds David. And as if it's not enough, Jesus finishes his work on this earth and taught that there will be nobody to. But Jesus finds Peter and hands over the church to. And the thing about leadership is that leaders are not perfect, but they are leaders. That is the problem many people have about leadership. They don't need to be perfect, but they are called to direct, and they are called to take charge, and they are taught, called to give, show authority. If God wants to spread the gospel to the Gentiles, he finds Apostle Paul. So for everything God wants to do, he must find a leader. Now let me link this to church leadership because we are here as church workers. So we have apostles. The word apostles is synonyms to founders and people that God give a message to. It's a big title, but it's the least. It only means messenger. That's all. To be sent with a message. You are prophets, you are evangelists, you have teachers, you have workers of miracles, you have those who have the healings and the helpers and governments. All these are leaders. The governments are the administrators of the church, the helps, those in music and all that. So there are levels of leadership in the church. But immediately we enter the church, we throw it away. That's the problem. And for the rest, and that's what I want to deal with. Why? The leadership in the church must be strengthened. And why this team is so important to have the strength of leadership. Immediately we enter the church. So for example, if you work in an organization, you have a supervisor, you have a manager, you have a... We, but immediately we enter the church, we feel that, oh, um, this, is where I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. I choose where I want to be. No, you don't. Because there is leadership. You must respect how things are done. That someone has been called to direct, to take charge, 
to give instruction and has authority. If a church fails to address leadership needs, it is bound to fail. Any church who fails to address leadership needs, it is bound to fail, will fail. It's just a matter of time, it will fail. So, for example, if we enter a church, we must know who the senior pastor is. We must know that we take instruction from one place. Even though we will all contribute as associate pastors to make it work. Because leadership needs other leaders of like minded to push things going. So, leadership definitely will determine vision and mission. As Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, that where there is no vision, uh, the people perish. So it drives vision. And ensures direction and focus. Anytime there is no direction or focus in the church, check leadership. You must check leadership. Either you are not following leadership. Especially when people begin to complain in church and so this is not right, this is not right. I tell the church, if you don't understand anything, ask the leader close to you. If you don't understand, talk to your pastor. If you don't understand, come to me. But I tell every deacon and pastor that don't ask any pastor and deacon when I'm standing by. Come straight to me. Because it will be clearer to you. And this is what church people do. When they don't understand anything about the church, they go talking to other people in the church. The person is giving you his own version of how he understands things. And usually, when people leave church, or people are in difficulty, I've come to know it has nothing to do with the senior pastor. It has nothing to do with him. It has something to do with somebody who is acting to be a kind of leader in a certain level which he is not. And therefore, I say all the time, one day, a pastor came to me with a, a problem, and I said, don't handle it. Pass it on. It's a trap. And he said, why? I said, I've been at your shoes before. So move to the next. He moved to the next. He came to me later and said, I understand what you said. I said, after that, you are going to be blamed for all the things that have happened. So, we've got to understand that leadership also creates confidence. One interaction with a senior pastor makes a big difference. Somebody who asks, does it mean that we don't need to talk to other pastors? No, that's not what I'm saying. One day somebody came to me. He wasn't paying tight in our church. So I called him and I said, why are you not paying church tight? He said, I've been listening to somebody on YouTube who says that tight has passed. I said, that's very interesting. Do you know his telephone number? He said, no. Do you know much about him? He said, no. I said, how long do you listen to him? He said, I listen to him all the time. I said, I can see it in your behavior. And I was looking at his business. Everything was not working. Things were, and 
it has nothing to do with the church. Usually when people are going through difficult times, it's nothing to do with the church. Because Jesus said, I'm the vine. And you are the branches. So long as you are connected to me, you will bear fruit. So if you have the senior pastor, there are other bishops, senior pastors connected, and you connect well, you'll be fruitful. But when you are on your own and enter the church and says that, oh, I am in church, and there are some people, somebody came to marry in my church, I asked him, what is the name of your senior pastor? He didn't know. And I said that the marriage won't come on. So my daughter said, you are on a goose chase. If he doesn't know his own pastor, then he doesn't go to church. And truly, later I got to know that he doesn't go to church. But when women are in love, The thing about leadership is that we are all here seated. The only way, for example, this meeting we are having is leadership. Today is this much. Bishop just called and we are all here to harness resources, to put us together. That In this meeting, can you imagine if I was in my church? Indeed, preparing for this message itself has built me up. That's why a pastor must let the message minister to him first before he ministers to the church. So I don't see myself as some big guy coming here. I have tried it myself. I've applied it to myself. I'm looking at how I can make things work better. Because if I didn't accept this offer, I would have lost a great opportunity. And that's what leadership does, to harness all resources, bring everybody together to achieve a common purpose. So when you have a church where, and it happens in a lot of churches, after church, there is a place some people meet. Some will meet in somebody's house, some will meet somewhere, some will meet another place, and they'll be discussing issues within the church. Meanwhile, there's a pastor there you can easily ask. Meanwhile, there's a senior associate pastor you can easily ask. Meanwhile, the bishop is there you can easily walk. So, once that meeting keeps on going on, they form a certain perception. And I've realized that all people who are hurt, they meet together. Hurt meetings. Then those who are discouraged, those who have a meeting. Then those who have been in church for a long time and things are not working, they too, <laughs> there's a place... <laughs> They meet. And usually, there's always a leader which is unknown to the church. Those leaders are not known to the senior pastor. Until one day, somebody takes a step and comes. And the senior pastor just tells you one thing. You realize that honestly, all the things you have been hearing for the past one week were not true. And they were not the right things. I tell people all the time that you cannot be connected to something that is working and nothing will work in your life.
Leadership determines results. Leadership determines results. So, whatever results every ministry achieves is as a result of leadership. If a leader doesn't take a step, all of us will come down. And I want us to look at this scripture. In Luke chapter 22, verse number 31 to 32, 41 to 43, as I speak on the strength of leadership and the church and leadership. If you fall in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Proverbs 24, verse 10. But in Luke chapter number 22, Jesus speaks to Peter. He says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. This is a very, very difficult thing in Scripture. You know, one day, When I was a pastor for some I took certain things for granted. I thought that and many pastors think that they must visit members at the expense of their deacons and pastors. So one day, I decided to visit pastors and deacons. And I learned a lot. And I realized that they can also be discouraged. Very discouraged. In fact, if there are people who are very discouraged, they are pastors, deacons, and church workers. Because they are the people that Satan attacks most and brings doubts into their minds. But usually, we leave them all the time and go for only new converts. But I realize that when pastors and deacons are happy and working, the church will automatically work. Your amen is not strong enough. I know you are wearing the the mask, but I want to be with you. Now, verse number 44, Luke chapter 22, 41 to 43. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, Remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, this will be my basis on the strength of leadership. No matter who you are as a leader, except you have not been a leader for a long time, something will hit you. That is why a novice must not be a leader. If you want to be a leader, you should be somebody who has gone through the meal. Because you are going to face some challenges in the ministry. So what is strength? It means to be courageous. To have the energy. Because as you lead people, it gets to a point your energy will wax cold. 
and you realize that what you are doing, the interest is not in it like it used to be. Strength also represents stability. There are many church leaders who are not stable. They are in church, they are doing their work, but their faith is shaking. Then there's what we call the mental and spiritual toughness. There are many pastors, deacons, church workers who mentally and spiritually are not tough. The smaller things that happen in church, they just give up. They just say, oh, well, I want to leave. It's a sign that your strength in leadership is very, very weak. Now, strength means that you must have capacity to stand challenges. That's when we say you have strength. You must have capacity to stand challenges. And pressures. Challenges are one. The next thing is that you must have capacity to stand pressure. You must have capacity to stand pressure. The reason why you need strength in the church is because of people, not because of demons. Demons have been overcome by Jesus, and in applying his name, we shall overcome, and we have overcome them. But the greatest influence for which we need strength for ministry is people. Who were the people who accused Jesus? People. Those who sent him to Pilate? People. Those who betrayed Jesus? People. I mean, people determine everything. And I want us to look at Matthew chapter 10 from verse number 16. Say, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we have been sent in the midst of wolves. Now listen to verse 17. But beware of men. And if you have your Bible, you've got to underline it. If you don't have a red pen, leave it. When you go home, use the red. He said, I've sent you among wolves. Don't be too much worried. I'm telling you that you've got to be wise. You've got to be gentle. But in all the things that you are dealing with, beware of men. What does it mean? It is people who bring you down. It is people who make you discouraged. It is people who make you leave the ministry. It's always people. For they will deliver you up to councils and they will scourge you in their synagogue. You can stop there. So, you must develop the capacity to stand on gratefulness. We're talking about the strength of leadership. There are people who can just leave ministry because they did something for someone and the person didn't show gratefulness. Or slander. Develop capacity to stand slander. 
Number three, gossip. If you see any church going down, please, it's not the powers of darkness or it's people. And let me tell you one thing. Leadership, that is why the only way to bring a church down is to raise an accusation against the senior pastor. Within just weeks, everything will come down. Everything will come down. And many of us as leaders, I had a camp, and my camp, I spent all the time on slander and gossip. When I finished, it was not easy in the camp. So everybody wants to go and urinate. Everybody wants, because you see, I'm dealing with issues. And I'm saying that, why are you the only one everybody comes to when he's not happy? Why are you the only one? It's because you accept them. But it is time you tell them that I am in it myself and I don't see anything wrong. We must gather that boldness to tell people in the face because I've come to see that there are some people that no matter what happens, they will not be happy. For example, how do you deal with the resignation of a, a deacon or a pastor or a church member who says, I'm not coming to church again? A pastor who has spent so much time on such a person can easily be broken. Or rebellions by leaders. Or financial difficulties. Churches go through financial difficulties. How do you handle it? How do you handle it? Now let me say this. Anyone can hold the hem when the sea is calm. So this was by Publius Saros. He said anyone can hold the helm when the seas come. So anybody can be a head pastor when the church is working well. It is when there's a shake-up that at times you get to know who really the leader is. And Napoleon Hill says something. He says, strength and growth comes through continuous effort and struggle. Continuous effort and struggle. Now let me look at the final thing, which is the church and the strength of leadership. How does a church measure the strength of leadership? Number one is by the vision of the leader. The vision of the leader determines the strength of leadership. When we talk about leadership, we're talking about the senior pastor, the associate senior ministers around him, the pastors and deacons. So when the vision is clear, the strength is there. Then you look at the character of the leader. In character, we are talking about the, the, the mental and the moral um, capacity of the person. That's the character. Then the skill, the skill of the person. When there's a problem, how does he solve it? So the strength 
of leadership is tested by the leader himself who is leading the team. So if you have an e-cell, a home cell, a deacon who is supposed to handle something, the strength of that group is tested by you yourself, the one who has been put there, not the people. One day, I asked somebody in ourselves, why are the people coming? He said, the people, they are bad. And I said, how can they be bad? You yourself, you were bad. And yet, God found you and used you. So why are you blaming the people? So these people, when you say something, they won't hear. I will go to their homes. So I began to go deep. I said, what time do you go to their homes? I said, in the afternoon. I said, in the afternoon, they are at work. He said, and I said, why don't you go there in the evening? So because I don't have time. I said, it is you, not the people. Then I asked them, do they have telephone numbers? He said, yes. He said, why are you not calling them? So when a home cell is not working, it's the leader, not the people. Not the people. If the choir is not working well, it's the leader, not the choir members. Number two, the strength of leadership is enhanced through the support of associate pastors to the senior pastor. No matter how good a leader is, if he doesn't get support from associate pastors, from deacons, and also from church workers, the leadership of the church will be weakened. Because those of us who are supply chain and professionals, we know that the supply chain is as strong as the value chains are. And like the engineers would say, that the strongest part of the machine is also the weakest part, isn't it? So you, you can have a whole fridge, and there's something very small around it. If it breaks down, the whole fridge must be closed. So at times, they say, oh, these days, there's no love in the church anymore. Have you heard that? Please, have you heard that? Yeah. Me too, I heard that. <laughs> I thought that was it. So, there's no love in the church anymore. So, one day I sat somewhere and said, look, when we began, we were all here. But now we are in various places. If you want to see love, when I call a meeting, you all assemble. And you see the love. So, I've not thought about that. Too. I said, change your mind. That is why you come to church. Your spirit is born again, but this mind is always fighting with your spirit. So you come so that it will be renewed to conform to your spirit. So, if you are a leader and you are not playing, for example, the technical team, it's a form of leadership. If we have a guest speaker here and we keep on having problems, it has effect on the senior pastor. Meanwhile, it is not he who is doing it. So the person can say, I went to this church, things were not working well. It's because somebody is weakening the leadership strength by what he is doing. 
I tell my prayer warriors, I say, I can feel it when you are praying. And I can feel it when you are sleeping. I tell them, except you are not a spiritual pastor. When people are praying, you can feel it. I say, I can feel it. So, leadership strengthening depends on support. And support, I will deal with that in another day. Then number three, the next thing that strengthens leadership is the placement of the right leaders at the right place. The right positions and the right responsibilities. And let me say this. There are some people in the church who get hurt when the senior pastor doesn't give them some responsibility because they feel that they deserve it. In fact, the fact that you even feel you deserve it is a sign that you don't even deserve it. I tell people that it's only in the worldly sense that, but when it comes to the things of God, everything is a privilege. To be called is a privilege. If you ask me why I'm an apostle, I'm shocked. To make me feel that I deserve it is a sign that my ministry has ended. Everything that you are given, because I sit down and I reflect, this is a name, it's not a small name. It's a privilege. It must sink into my mind that it is. Once I sit and say, oh, well, but I deserve it. I have done this. I have done that. It is the beginning of the breaking down and the coming down of my ministry. Everything that you are asked to do is a privilege. Even in the world, they told somebody, were you angry the president fired you? He said, no. He said, the president, I'm at the back and call the president. I serve at his pleasure. The world. Because we are practicing executive presidency. Is that not so? Why is that when we come to the church and so somebody should do this. So for example, the fact that you are spiritual doesn't mean you should handle money. Okay? Or the fact that you can pray more doesn't mean that we should also let you take over the money of the church. Because we must do accounting and balance things and account for every money. The fact that you have been in church for a very long time doesn't mean that you are the one to do a part. I'm the one who must be closest. No. For example, I came here with oh my dick, he's with me. I was in a church many years ago. And he came to my office and said, I, I want to be in the office. And I said, I won't pay you. You come, but I won't pay you. I have a way I deal with people. I said, I'm not going to pay you. Nothing for you. Just come and go. Because I want to understand why you have come here. So I'll ask him to do photocopy. Do this, do that. And for months, I didn't mind him. But I got to know that he was looking for something. And he was listening to my messages. I came to preach here some years ago. How many years ago? Six years ago. I preached about the East Wind. There was a managing director who came here to the program. Immediately after that, he said the man called him out. 
and said, I will employ you. He said he was left with his last 20 cities. It is in this church that he had his employment. He has his own car and working. There was a theme. I've forgotten about the theme, but I was preaching about what was the theme of the wind of war change. No, the theme of the conference that year. But I was preaching about manna and talking about the east wind. And he said when we were, the trapper came forward and we said they should come and be taking offerings here. He said it was left with his last money, so he came and put it here and went to sit there. Then the manager that sat there and he asked somebody, call, call him for me. He went out. He said, can you see me in the office? That is the work he's been doing since now. And it's not the head of that department. See. But what am I trying to say? I realized that he wanted something. But you must connect to leadership. There are people in church that don't know where their strength is. Your strength is in the leader God has given you. You have to strengthen it. Strengthen it by going there. We are weakening it because we go everywhere else except the leader God has given us. And the saddest point is that outsiders rather come and enjoy the leadership when the people in the church cannot enjoy that leadership. So when you are placed somewhere, work. He could have been hurt. It doesn't mean that he never ate what to eat we gave him, but I just wanted to know why he was with me. And after some, I realized that no. And when he got a job, he never left. And one day, somebody made a comment about him negatively. And I said, you know, I'm the one who called you. You are more important to me than all these people. Because when I want them, they will not be there. I love them, I respect them, but in my mind, I know what I'm thinking. But that is not the topic I'm teaching today. There are some people who, I'm, I'm not, and they're very, very emotional. I'm not talking about availability today. You can never find them if you want them. They only appear on Sundays with their tie. You are killing the leadership of the church and bringing it down every time. The leadership of the church is strengthened by the way we are around the senior minister. After church, don't just pick your bag and move. Pick here. You all surround. There must be something. There must be something around. I mean, if there are leaders immediately after church, you come around the senior pastor. You are, that is what the, the ship sees. Because like, this person has passed here. This person has passed here. The senior pastor is standing alone. And nobody. And I ask myself, we are weakening it. But we have to surround leadership. And when they see it that way, they all know this is where. And let me say, once they see it, the same way they come to him is the same way they are coming to you because they see that you are connected. But when we all feel that, oh, I am here, I am that, I am that, we are fragmented. And this is where when the enemy hits the church, so that everything is crumbling down because we have weakened it. 
This has nothing to do with demons. It has something to do with our self-interest and what we want. And I pray that from today, something will change. Your amen is not strong enough. Some few minutes to quickly let me run up. The next thing to strengthen the church leadership depends on the commitment of the leaders to the vision. By commitment, I'm talking about your time. Your energy. Your resources. Your skill. And your prayer. Your commitment to leadership strengthens leadership. So if you are in the choir and there's a pastor in the choir, your commitment to what he says you should do because he's also taking instruction from the senior minister. And your commitment to whatever is going on, time of meetings, um, prayer meetings, um, retreats, offerings, tithes. Recently, I asked my administration to give me statistics of the tithe of the church. Very revealing. Very, very revealing. Because I work with data. I want to know how everybody is paying. And I realize that those who don't pay are those who talk most. Why is it that the church hasn't done this? Why is it that we need this? Why is that? Usually, those who rather pay don't talk much. They are always quiet. I tell every pastor, I tell the quiet people are the most faithful in your church. They love you so much, but they don't say it all the time. You are too quiet for my liking. You didn't clap for the Lord? Yeah. We are talking about commitment to strengthen the leadership of the church. And I tell the church, it must start with pastors and deacons first. Pastors, deacons, leaders, we must demonstrate our commitment to the church financially. Then we can hold others responsible. But if you be made a leader in the church, you don't pay your tithe, you don't give offerings, but you can hold the mic and sing all kinds of quote all scriptures, it's deceptive. Then I used to have another person who was with me, I thank God he has left. Every time we are doing pledge, he will come and stand, but he won't pay. So to the members, he's paying. I didn't know that was another strategy people have developed in the church. Every of vow, they'll be the first to come and stand. I said, give me all the statistics from January to but I want to see. And I, I was surprised. He can talk. No commitment. You are killing leadership.
Number five, the availability of leaders to the vision. Availability. It's one of the most difficult. And I'm happy to see senior ministers of this church here. I've gone to churches to preach, and I then realized that there's only one leader who is there. I believe that where a senior minister is, all other senior ministers must be around him. Except that there's a particular reason why they cannot be there. Because it helps. It helps. Availability. One day, I called some three pastors and I said, oh, can you see me around this? And this person said, this is it. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. I don't choose leaders based on your prayer. And on, it's not that one. We all pray. I don't do that. It's a prayer warrior. is this. He can do. I don't use that at all. It's work we are doing. The ministry is work. So my work, this, that, that, that. Very, very respected. Nature. I never. He's still walking around. I don't have time for that. I want somebody who can come. When we need him. Not somebody who feels that. You see, when there's a title on you and you are not available, you are putting a question mark on leadership. In fact, there are some people, people ask, but why even is he a leader? He must be available. I do all kinds of things. So can we meet at the church at 11 p.m.? It's intentional. I'm not going to do anything. We just sit there and talk for 10 minutes and I go back. But I'm testing certain things. Because a doctor does not close. A true doctor does not close. If he's the main doctor. If we say it's a calling, he has closed at 5. But if there's an emergency, they call him. He comes. We pastors too. It's the same. We come. I test a few things. I say, oh no, you know, I just came from work. Me and my wife. Me, I don't have wife. Me, me, me and my wife, we went here and all. And you see all kinds of things going on. And I said, oh, I see. Then I realized that, oh, this person is nice, but I will never make him a leader. I will love him, but never. I prefer people who are available. Available. It's the strength of leadership. I'm not saying that if there's something happening, but some have just made it a plan that everything or everything, they are doing something else. At times, even just showing up for some time and asking permission. And do you know that at times, pastors can be very down? At times, your appearance alone, if you know what it does to us, you just show up and ask. We know you came. But some will never. And the saddest thing is that they will even not call to tell you why they are not coming. And when you ask them to, they will say they don't even remember the time. That's the worst of it all. The leadership is strengthened. The next five minutes should be done with this by understanding of the vision of the senior pastor by the associates and the church workers. Very, very important. You've got to understand the vision. If you are in a branch, you've got to understand, you have to walk straight 
if you're a church worker or a church leader, say, what's the vision of the church? Pastor, what do you want to do this, this year? Understand it and run with it. If you don't understand it, the Bible said they bore fruit because they had understanding. That's why that the leadership of the church is strengthened by the level of training of the leaders. The level of training of the leaders. By the level of training of the leaders. Now, in every organization, what has come up is learning. And so, I don't know whether it's Canada or some of the states. I'm told that when you even no matter the degree you have, whether you have a PhD or something, if you attend an interview, and for the next year, a, few, a year or so, you have not done any training, they won't pick you. So, if you had a degree in 1978, the world has changed since then, even 1990, or the year 2000. So, you cannot be in church, and you won't come for training, and you want to be appointed a leader, it will not happen. Because the church has moved on so much from where we started from. That it is continuous training that strengthens leadership. So every time there's leadership, you must avail yourself to be trained. Even when there's a pastor's meeting, and a pastor says, oh, let's meet, 10 minutes, it is those things, we call it um, divine interchange. Those meetings that keep on taking place all the time is what molds you to become like the leader and strengthens leadership. So, training is very, very important. If we don't train, our leadership will be weak. In other words, only the pastor will know what is going on, the senior pastor, no other person. That is why a program like this is very important because we are all sharpened. He said, This is how we have to strengthen leadership. And finally, the strength and leadership or the leadership strength of the church is based on the level of responsibility and the performance of the leaders. So, for example, um, if you have been made a leader of a home cell or a choir or an usher or prayer, the level at which the prayer is going on affects the church. One of the things I don't joke with is prayer ministry. Because it is the least observed in the church. They pray behind the scenes. But they work a lot. And I have high respect for them. The only issue I have with prayer ministry is that they pray their own prayer. And that is one of the things I keep on telling them. That the prayer ministry is not a church on its own. So me, I write, number one, number two, number three. No prayer ministry is done in my church without number one, number two, or number three. I don't do that. For example, last month, we had 24 hours, 6 a.m. to the following day, 6 a.m. Three. 
don't go out of it. Even if God is asleep, he will wake up. He will do what? He will wake up. But where we are praying and somebody is praying for Ghana, another person is praying for Cote d'Ivoire, where are we going? We have a church. There's no employment. So we say we are praying on employment. Or we are praying that people will grow spiritually. Or we are praying that there will be branches. Or we are praying that there will be growth. I expect everybody to go by it. And that is what we are doing continuously. By the time we finish, at least I will have about 120 people having the same mind. So your level of performance is very, very important. It's linked to the strength of leadership. And so if you're a prayer warrior and you are praying different, you are in a way affecting leadership and weakening it because you are praying all right, but it's not having direct effect on the growth of the church. And if, especially pastors, we've got to really monitor prayer warriors. They have so much power, but we have to help them and channel their prayer in such a way that they will be where we want them to be. That is how the church can be strengthened. And let me make these two points and then we will just let's write these two things down. Number one, being loved by everyone as a leader is good. But that is not necessarily a sign of good leadership. Being loved but everyone as a leader is good. But that is not necessarily a sign of good leadership. The next point, which is my last, is this. The strength of leadership is proven. By being respected and trusted by the members. The strength of leadership is proven by being respected and trusted by the members and the effectiveness of the leader. So, as a leader, the strength of leadership is proven by being respected and trusted by the members and the effectiveness of the leader. If you're a leader, your trust is more important than love. People can be very emotional about love, but when people trust you, it's higher. They should be willing to trust what you say. So the strength of leadership is that when we say things, do they trust what we are saying? Do they believe what we are saying? Number two, do they respect us or honor? The word respect is honor. And number three, how effective are we in making things happen? I pray that the Lord will cause us to strengthen our churches for growth and for increase to his glory in Jesus' name. Amen.